Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios, Eagery in General Podcast. I am Al, and I'm going to be continuing my look at some of the supplements and adventures from the Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game that was produced by TSR in the 80s through uh, early 90s. And the next one I'm going to take a look at is an adventure called Lone Wolves. Now, this particular adventure, like many of the Marvel superheroes' adventures, was written with a group of specific heroes in mind. In this case, it's Power Man and Iron Fist, who form the Heroes for Hire Detective Agency, as well as Daredevil and Black Widow. So, like many of the Marvel superheroes games, you may have to do a bit of modification if you're using a different party of heroes, or in my case, since the my party was using all original heroes, I did have to make some significant adjustments in order to make the encounters uh, more challenging for uh, the players. Otherwise, uh, some of these, you know, the NPCs they encounter, they would have just steamrolled them, and it really wouldn't have been much of a challenge. Now, overall, there's a lot of things I do like about this adventure, but the plot does get a little jumpy. And what I mean is there's, it's not, it's not as straightforward as a lot of the other adventures I've seen. Like my last adventure that I reviewed, Murder World, was more or less straightforward. You went from A to B to B to C, C to D, and so on. Where this one, you've got the opening encounter, you've got the area for the final encounter, and then everything else just kind of jumps around in between. So, in that regard, I would say it's almost kind of like a sandboxy module, because you can go about the events really in any order that uh, the players decide. In any case, it starts out with a riot. Now, as the adventure opens, you have Daredevil and Black Widow working on a a case. They're trying to defend a woman who is in danger of being evicted from her apartment. The reason why is the landlord thinks that her son, Reggie, is involved in a street gang. Now, you also have the Heroes for Hire detective agency, and they start the adventure. They are investigating a series of robberies and vandalisms that have been taking place in the area. So there's a little bit of role-playing you can do in there. And as the adventure begins, they receive news of a riot. Now, the riot is caused by rats that are carrying, a, well, not really a disease, but They've been infected by a certain chemical, and whoever gets bitten by one of these rats will fly into a berserker rage. There's two villains that show up in this point, and they may make uh, appearances in other parts of the adventure as well. The first is Vermin, who I'm not really familiar with this particular villain. Uh, he basically just looks like a really hairy, semi-beastal person. Uh, the other is the more well-known villain, Sabretooth. Though, 
I'm not sure. It's a little confusing, though, with how they describe him in the rules, uh, because in this one, they don't really say what his origin is. And since this module was published in 1984, I'm not sure why. I may be mistaken on this, but I'm pretty sure that at this point, uh, Marvel did establish that Sabretooth was a mutant. But in any case, they're there to observe uh, what happens. So the challenge in this part of the adventure is you've got to try to find a way to stop the riot and also, if possible, try to capture and confront and hopefully interrogate the two villains that are in this encounter. Also during this encounter, Power Man and Iron Fist need to find a way to make sure that the stereo store that they've been uh, that they've been hired to investigate doesn't get damaged. And also, uh, Daredevil and Black Widow have to find a way to protect Reggie as he appears in this particular encounter as well. So it does give you a couple of ideas for how you can prevent the riot from getting any worse. Uh, so it's possible the hero certainly might uh, find a way to do that using their either their own abilities or they might come up with uh, the idea based on well some clues that the Game Master can give them. Now, in this particular encounter, Vermin and Sabretooth really aren't there to fight. They're more there just to watch. So it is possible, though, and when I was running this adventure, my group did confront them, and they did manage to capture them. So after you've captured these two villains, of course you're going to try to interrogate them. And that can give you some clues that may lead to other parts of the adventure. Now this is where the adventure does give a little does get a little bit confusing the main villains that you're going to be interacting with in this adventure are craven the hunter the kingpin taskmaster and moduke now the kingpin uh he has his own agenda that he's following through this adventure um and moduke and taskmaster they've got their own agenda as well Honestly, Craven, he just seems kind of thrown in there. So, really, you could probably do the adventure without Craven if you wanted to. And that's actually what I did when uh, I was running the adventure. I just skipped Craven's part entirely. The players will also have to contend with the Punisher, as he makes several appearances in this adventure as well. Now, in this particular module, uh, they describe the Punisher, of course, as having his very black-and-white view of morality. Fortunately, they do say that the Punisher does carry weapons that have mercy bullets. So, basically, these are non-lethal bullets, so they're going to do blunt damage as opposed to lethal shooting damage. So, that can actually come into play in this adventure because... Uh, they stress that the Punisher considers himself to be a law-abiding citizen. And, of course, he does what he does for the betterment of society. So, if he, at the beginning of the adventure, he presumes the heroes are innocent. So, he, if he does come into conflict with the heroes, he's going to use mercy bullets on them. However, depending on the actions that the heroes take, 
or if he sees the hero commit something he perceives as a crime, then the kid gloves come off and he's going to he's going to start shooting you with real bullets instead. So as the adventure progresses, it does give you a few ideas of places you can look and I do like that because it gives you some options like okay, here's a place you can investigate. If you go there, this is the information you're going to get. If you interrogate Sabretooth or Vermin or one of the other characters, this is what the information you're going to get from there. Now, also another trait you can have in Marvel superheroes is you can have a contact. And a contact can be anything from another superhero, another superhero group, or sometimes it's someone who just knows what the word on the street is. And it also does give you some advice for if one of your characters has a contact, there's a chance that they might be able to tell you some useful information. This could lead the players to in, to investigate the Kingpin. And he's actually very friendly in this part of the adventure. Um, he There's a rumor that the Kingpin had hired Craven to do some dirty work for him. And the players, of course, might want to investigate that. Now, Kingpin, of course, claims that what actually happened is he has a little bit of a beef with uh, Craven because, well, the last time Craven paid him, he did it using counterfeit money. So he'd like the players to go arrest uh, the Craven for him. Now, of course, the Kingpin doesn't do anything for free. So while he will give the players the information they need, it will come at a cost in that he's like, you owe me. So, you know, it's kind of like the Godfather where, yeah, he wants your friendship, but if he does something nice for you, he's going to expect you to return the favor at some later date. Now, the players might be led to Craven's Lair, which is an abandoned warehouse that's been converted to uh, it's kind of like a, a large greenhouse, very hot, very humid, and it's populated by several wild animals as well as, you know, harmless ones like birds and monkeys. So the players are going to have to contend with those animals as well. Now, Craven's part in the plot is fairly minor. The reason that he's involved is because he has a several rare African herbs and other ingredients that he used to create the drug that caused the riot at the start of the adventure. Now, if the players manage to capture and interrogate Craven, uh, then he will reveal that he is working for um, Moduk, and he's the one who had him make the, they call it the savagery drug, the one that will make anyone infected by it fly into that uncontrollable berserker rage. Now, of course, it is possible that Craven uh, might actually manage to defeat the characters, and in that case, he's going to put them in a cage, and he's going to threaten to come back later to test the drug on them. Fortunately, uh, the Punisher could make an appearance here and rescue them if the players did manage, if the players were defeated. If the players do not manage to capture Craven, and if he escapes, 
than he does appear later in the adventure in Moduk's hideout. So from here, the adventure might shift back to another interaction with the Kingpin. And again, in true Kingpin style, he may offer the characters information. However, he's not doing it out of the goodness of the heart. You see, Kingpin, he controls all the crime in Marvel's New York City. So no major criminal activities are going to occur unless he okays it. Only a group called the Magia and major supervillains are allowed to operate without his approval. So Moduk is actually posing a little bit of a challenge for the Kingpin because Kingpin is concerned that uh, Moduk might possibly challenge him and his control over the criminal element in New York City. Now, in order to get to Moduk's hideout, one of the options is Kingpin offers to give you this information, but he asks that the uh, players do him a favor first. And this one really isn't too difficult. He received word that a uh, gang called the Flying Tigers is going to try to break into one of his stores. So he asks the players to stop them. I've mentioned Karma in my previous reviews of Marvel products, and one of the things you have to be careful with in here is if you do agree to help Kingpin, and if you do these favors for him, you do risk losing Karma. So fortunately, they do give you a way to get to Moduk's hideout, or at least learn the location, without having to lose karma. There is a mysterious individual, a man in the black beret that calls himself Bob. And he is one of Moduk's recruiters. So this encounter will lead you to the uh, Moduk and Taskmaster's hideout. So this one is actually fairly well written. Uh, the adventure does come with a large map that there's one part for uh, Craven's hideout. There's another one for the city area where the, uh, the you fight the flying tigers. But most of the map, or actually only about half the map really, is dedicated to uh, the hideout. And it has areas where it shows where Moduk may be. And it's actually very interesting the way it's designed. Now, of course, there is a a watch area. There's going to be rooms where the uh, main villains can monitor activities. There's also a section in there which is similar to the uh, similar to the danger room that we see in the X Mansion. So it can actually be a lot of fun fighting in there because not only do you have to contend with uh, the thugs and goons that are there. Uh, it's possible you might encounter superheroes there. I'm sorry, not superheroes. Uh, some of the surviving supervillains there as well. And uh, you may also have to contend with things like random bursts of energy in there or obstacles or sleeping or stun gas. So that makes it really challenging to fight in that area. Now, of course, there are a diff variety of different ways that your players can try to tackle this part of the scenario. When my group played it, they tried using the stealthy approach. Um, it is, of course, possible to just go in with guns blazing. 
And that may or may not be a smart option. I guess it really depends on what type of body armor and powers your characters have. But for the default group of heroes here, it would actually be better for them to try to use a stealthier approach because Power Man is the only one in the group that actually has any sort of body armor. Now, in addition to the major villains, they do introduce a few cyborgs. They call them the Cyber Sergeants. These are, they're actually a little bit better than your average street thug or, you know, goon that a supervillain might hire. So not only are their stats a little bit better, but they also have their own unique powers as well. So they can actually be fairly challenging to your party. Now, the main adversaries here are Moduk and Taskmaster. This was actually the first time I ever heard of Taskmaster, and uh, I'm not sure if they've ever really explained much about his origin, but his main ability is he has, they call it, photographic reflexes, where if he sees someone doing something, he instantly gains that ability. So he's skilled then in several martial arts, uh, he can use just about any weapon, any type of gun, and he even uh, has uh, the shield-throwing ability of Captain America. One of the other things that makes Taskmaster a challenging opponent is he has the ability to predict what a target is going to do. And if your character has been analyzed by Taskmaster, he knows your character's fighting style, which means that you take a penalty in your attack rolls, mainly because he knows how you're going to fight, so therefore he's going to have an easier time avoiding any attacks uh, that you might choose to throw at him. Moduke is probably the toughest of the villains here, not necessarily physically, but it's because of his mental powers. The one that I had the most fun with were his mental blasts. They do amazing damage, and which is 50 points, and he can do two of them per round. He, basically, he can use any two of his psychic powers each round. So I remember our tank of the group, he was the first one to encounter Moduke. And it was actually funny because since this character was the tank, and I mentioned him in our previ my previous reviews, he was the one who, his powers were similar to Colossus, where he could turn into a, like a metal or rock form, but he also had shape-shifting, so what he did is he would not only change into a metal or a rock form, but he also liked changing into different types of uh, Pokemon, so that was fun. Uh, the favorite form that he always had is he would change into a metallic penguin, and his special movie had there, he called it the Penguin Slap of Humiliation. It was just a basic punch, but it was always fun the way he uh, would announce it. And hey, let's face it, if a penguin manages to slap you into submission, yeah, that is pretty humiliating, isn't it? But anyways, when the tank of our group encountered Moduke, Moduke won initiative, and instantly it was boom, boom. Two psychic blasts for 100 points of damage, which almost killed him. He decided to run away, which of course was a good thing, though physically Moduk really isn't that tough, so 
if he did decide to press the attack, there is a possibility, if he won initiative the next round anyway, that he may have been able to uh, stop Moduke. The adventure wraps up with just a few uh, tying up loose end things, I guess you could say. Uh, for example, uh, Daredevil, he has to try to defend Reggie in court. Uh, Black Widow is informed that one of her former uh, agents she worked with with S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, had died, and there's a funeral that she has the option of trying to attend. Also, uh, the Heroes for Hire Detective Agency, um, they have to deal with the owner of the stereo shop that they were trying to protect because he thinks that the riot was their fault. So just a few little role-playing things that you get to use to wrap up the adventure. And if you want, they even have an option for bringing the Punisher back in. In this case, if you decide to bring the Punisher back in, the heroes hear that uh, he is at a shopping mall where um, he has... uh, executed a shoplifter and he's about to kill someone else so of course the players have to decide okay can they capture the the punisher or will he get away so again these things can really uh cause the heroes to either gain a little bit of extra karma or if the punisher escapes they actually lose quite a bit of karma so that is the lone wolves adventure All in all, not too bad. Um, It's one of those adventures that you could probably easily run in an average game session. Probably you could go through it within about four to five hours. My main complaint about it is, as I said before, the plot does get a little jumpy, where sometimes you got to kind of jump between different plot threads and... Not only that, you also have to deal with Punisher a few times in the adventure. But I still think it's worth picking up because there's some interesting little one-shot scenarios in there. So I could see you cannibalizing this adventure for use in your own Marvel superheroes campaign. Uh, Stopping the riot could be a good one-shot encounter, as could trying to stop Kraven. And even just going with the last part, uh, Moduke's Hideout, that also could make for a a good short game session as well. So with that said, I'd like to thank you for tuning in today, and have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio. Studio.